Hi everybody, my name is Brent Martini and I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Martini, Shaken and Stirred. You know, in life we often take on different leadership roles and in the process of leading, there are things that sometimes shake us, leaving us slightly uncertain, while other times things stir us up. Hey, perhaps you're in that position, so stick around as we chat about the things that shake us and stir us as leaders. Hey everyone, today is going to be an interesting podcast, but at the same time, I trust an encouraging one. Look, we all know that life is interesting at the best of times, and for most of us, most of our time is actually spent connecting with people around us. And to be brutally honest, people can be tiring. I mean, let's just be honest about it. People can be tiring. I mean, there's always some kind of relational aspect that's kind of on the table. And because we're all different and because we all have different gifts and talents and personalities, I think I think personalities is, is what makes relationships uh, at times particularly challenging. But because of all these different things, sometimes our relationships become strained to the point where they are volatile, uh, in a sense, ready to explode. And in some kind of extreme cases, these relationships even become a bit toxic. You know, Psalm chapter 58 talks about volatile and toxic people. Now, I know that toxic is a very strong term, and I'll explain that a bit later, but it talks about, or at least describes, these volatile people as deadly snakes that spit uh, uh, venom. It's quite harsh, but it's really true. Now, before I go any further, just perhaps a word of warning. Uh, I know that we're inclined to, when we hear podcasts of this nature, we kind of allow our minds to make a list of people that we think fit into this category. Uh, That's typical of how we operate. You know, we hear a clip or we watch a clip or hear a podcast and we instinctively make that list in our mind of people that need to hear the message or at least uh, watch some type of clip. Well, this podcast is not to help you identify people in your life that are possibly volatile, toxic people. Rather, it's a podcast that's meant to help you handle these kind of relationships. And I say that because I think, you know, in our relationships, God wants to get the glory. And so it's very important for you and I to understand how to handle this. And in the many years of counseling people and working with people, I've noticed that the two main areas where people struggle kind of like relationally, the two main groups where people struggle relationally is that of family and co-workers. And so I'm not trying to nail those two groups of people, but it is important for us to understand how to handle them because like it or not, they are involved in our lives. And so I want to talk a little bit about and start talking about in this podcast how to deal with volatile, and again, can I use that word toxic? How can we deal with volatile and toxic, in a sense, family members? And in dealing with any volatile relationship for that matter, it's very important that we take our cue from the Word of God. And a scripture that kind of jumps to mind is 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 from the Amplified. It says this, Beloved, let us unselfishly seek and love the best for one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. I believe that the starting point in handling volatile, toxic people is to love them. Now, you might think, well, Brent, that's pretty obvious. It is obvious, but you know what? It's it's much easier said than actually done. Perhaps let me just add as well that in using these strong terms like volatile and and toxic, I'm I'm using them specifically because we're not talking about the occasional person that irritates you at work, 
you know, if someone irritates you, it's very easy to uh, easy to deal with that. You you can get on a plane and go to some tropical island. Okay, hold on. That's perhaps not a good example because some of you might even be making those kinds of plans right now. But you get the point. Is You can easily deal with it. I'm talking about relational dynamics, relationships where uh, it's always on a knife's edge. Where We're talking about people that have the potential to kind of explode at any given point. We're talking about people that continually poison us and even those around them with words and actions and i've and i've start i've decided to start with handling family because the enemy will always use those closest to us to kind of get to us i mean he used eve to get to adam right he used judas to get to jesus and so often we've seen how people sit in very difficult uh, family situations where they have to deal with all kinds of family-related issues that eventually, and sad to say, they become toxic and, and volatile. And so just to clarify that word toxic again, because I know it's a very strong term, um, toxic in terms of relational dynamic just simply means that when two people get stuck in a way of relating to each other, it's become so toxic that it's poisoning them both. In other words, uh, they're both hurting themselves. They can't seem to get beyond a certain point in a relationship. There's no help for each other. There's no help from one another. And uh, that continually brings hurt into a relationship and actually becomes quite destructive for both of them. Now, the one thing that I love about God is that in Him, there's always some kind of answer. There's always hope for any situation. And so before we look at some of the answers in terms of dealing with um, a volatile or then toxic family situation let's see what let's first see what that kind of looks like let's look and see what does a toxic or volatile relationship really look like and to set the record straight i think it's safe to say that we've all at some point had to deal with volatile relationships you know, we may even be the volatile uh, family member ourselves, but I'll let you answer that for yourself. Uh, if, and if we look at the Bible, it's so interesting because uh, the first case that we see is, you know, one brother murdering another. I mean, that's that's pretty toxic. Cain and Abel, one brother murdering the other. That's pretty toxic. Abraham, for example, has a child uh, by his wife's maidservant. And then later he puts them out in the desert to die. I mean, that, that sounds like something like from a soap opera. I mean, it sounds like something that you see on, on TV, but that, that's what happened. Look at Joseph, for example. Joseph's 11 brothers wanted to kill him. And then they kind of figured out for themselves, hold on, it's financially better for us to sell him into slavery. Now that's got toxic and volatile written all over it. And so, by the way, the illustrations I've just mentioned, that's only in the book of Genesis, folks. I mean, we haven't even gotten uh, through the first book of the Bible yet. And so some of you might be, might be thinking right now, sure, if that's what's happening in Genesis, you know, my, my family looks pretty good compared to some of these characters. And so, you know, it's so important for us to learn how to deal uh, with these things and realize that we're not alone. In the first few pages of the Bible, we just see certain character traits that make families toxic or that make family situations pretty volatile. Things like jealousy, entitlement, lying, favoritism, unfair expectations, you know, fear. What about like power struggles, materialism, and selfishness? There's just a whole lot of things that add to making family relationships toxic and volatile. And so when we talk about these volatile relationships, I want to just say this, that being imperfect isn't what makes 
a relationship toxic or volatile. I mean, we're, we're all imperfect. We all make mistakes. You see, what makes a relationship volatile and toxic is when you get stuck in some of those things that I've just mentioned. When you get stuck in unforgiveness, when you get stuck in bitterness, when you get stuck in hatred or, or even unhealthy patterns. And, and, and when, you've, when you're potentially facing these volatile relationships, you, you need to act and confront them. And that can sometimes be quite difficult, you know. Um, say, for example, you've got a gas stove in your house and the gas is leaking and there's toxic fumes kind of spreading in your house. I mean, I, I guarantee you, you will do something almost immediately. You'll get out of that house almost immediately because you know that the situation is, again, those two words, volatile and toxic that that environment has the potential to do great damage not only to you but to those around you as well and one of the things i think that keeps us from confronting this is that we almost like assign different levels of toxicity in a sense to to the situations that we face in other words we we want to we want to know who's to blame, we want to know whose fault is it, you know, am I the, the one who is toxic or volatile, or are you perhaps the one that's toxic or volatile, perhaps it's a combination of, of both you and the other person, and so we kind of want to have these different degrees, and so many relationships within family are ticking time bombs, and we, really, we need to realize that God's heart is not for it to reach a place where it explodes, but where, uh, where there's restoration that takes place, and healing takes place. And that's so important where we bring godly discipline into our lives so that these relationships can flourish and grow and not end up being volatile and toxic and exploding and, and causing hurt and damage to all those around us. So how do we then handle toxic or then volatile family members? What's the strategy? Well, I'm going to share with you just very briefly three prayers that we should be praying. And the reason why I've opted to use prayer points is simply because when it comes to handling volatile relationships, you and I need to draw on the strength that we get in God. It's so important. We need to trust God uh, to give us His strength and wisdom in dealing with certain relational challenges. So the first like prayer point that I think we should be looking at is we should say, Father, strengthen me to accept my limitations. I want to say that again. Father, strengthen me to accept my limitations. Now, you wouldn't have to be so concerned about volatile family relationships if you were Superman, if you could kind of sort it out in your own power and your own strength. But the reality is, is that you're not Superman. You're not indestructible, okay? Uh, we don't all have the answers and all the knowledge and all the wisdom to deal with these relational challenges because we, as people, have our own limitations, you know? And, and so, by the way, people who think that they've got it all together and they know how to answer everything when it comes to relational challenges, they're the ones that are in most danger because they're not open to learn. And so we need to accept our relational limitations and trust in God to help us navigate those challenges. And there are certain things within a relationship that you just cannot change. Only God can can do that. Only God can change the people. And so very often we try with our limited understanding to change people instead of allowing God to change and work in them. For example, you can't, you can't force someone to change their mind. If, they, if their mind is set on something, you can't change their mind. That's what we call a relational limitation. 
Yet, you know, we somehow think that when dealing with volatile and toxic people, if, if I'm nice enough or if I'm smart enough or if I'm even sneaky enough or say the right thing at the right time, then I'll kind of force them to change their mind. They will kind of get my point of view. They will eventually agree with me. They will think the way I'm thinking. But, you know, I've been in, in many situations where people have an opinion about me, about family life, about church. They've got an opinion about whatever, and you know what? You cannot, you cannot force them to change their mind. I wish we did sometimes have the power to change people's minds, but we don't. And so when dealing with volatile, toxic relationships, especially, and today we're talking specifically family, you and I need to rely on God's strength and rely on Him to show us how to handle the situation and let Him handle the person. I want to say that again, because that's important. We need to ask God to help us how to handle the situation, but let Him handle the person. So that's the first prayer. The second prayer that I would encourage you to pray is, Father, enable me to forgive my family. Now look, I know that forgiveness is a key that applies to all relationships, but specifically in family, it's so important. And I think what makes this um, more difficult is that under normal circumstances, you would expect certain behaviors, certain ways for those that are called family. You just expect them to handle themselves in a certain way. And so in dealing with families that are volatile, or family members at least that are volatile and toxic, forgiveness can really be a challenge. It can sometimes be extremely difficult. And re remember that forgiveness doesn't mean that you accept what they did to you or what they said to you. Forgiveness doesn't mean that what they did to you is okay. Uh, you, you know what, their, their actions might have been wrong, it might even have been evil, but we still need to forgive. And forgive just means that we need to release it back to God. In other words, when you say to God, uh, God, instead of me holding on to this thing and, and trying to get my revenge, I'm going to entrust it into your hands because after all, your hands are a lot bigger than mine and you can hold a lot more. And so instead of me, Father, seeking revenge in this situation, I'm going to choose forgiveness and in choosing forgiveness I choose healing and restoration for this relationship with this specific family member. I think that's so important. You know, if you try and hold on to it yourself, you're going to inevitably end up in a place of bitterness. It's going to hurt you, I think, more than hurting the other person. And in most cases, people actually, especially those that have hurt you, they've forgotten about it long ago. And then we still harbor this bitterness in our heart because we haven't let go. And so forgiveness uh, is a big issue in families. We see it in the people we work with and counsel. It's so big because we are just so close to each other, or at least we should be. You know, even, even Jesus' first uh, followers had to deal with this. I mean, Peter, for example, was one of Jesus' first followers. And, when, and, and Jesus asked him, uh, or he asked Jesus, sorry, Lord, how long shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And then Peter Peter offers up this kind of this big number and he's all brave and he says up to seven times and then Jesus replies and like knocks him out of the park and says hey you say seven times but I say seven uh, 70 times seven and here's the thing you know Peter really thinks that he's setting the bar high at seven times and Jesus is like well you think your bar is that you're setting is high I'm taking it higher you know to make it more practical let's say for example Peter was taking part in a high jump competition, for example. I think that's just, just a good illustration. 
in terms of setting the bar. And uh, Peter comes to Jesus and says, hey, you know, Jesus, my personal best is, say, seven feet, but I really want to stretch myself a bit and challenge myself, so let's take the bar to nine feet. Jesus looks at him and says, hey, uh, let me tell you something. Forget about nine feet, my friend. Let's take it to nine kilometers high, never mind the nine feet. Now, why does Jesus set the bar so high? Because I think he wants us to realize that we cannot forgive others in our own strength. We need him to help us forgive those around us. Uh, I'm again reminded of a very uh, cool scripture, Ephesians 4 verse 32 from the Amplified says, Be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate and understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. I love that. Forgiving one another readily and freely. Man, that's so that's so encouraging. And so the way that you know the way that we forgive, the way that we don't forgive, or even the way that we hold back forgiveness, uh, that can ultimately um, uh, reflect in how toxic or vulnerable our relationships are. So that's important. The last point is just Father, empower me to change my thinking. Now that's also important. Empower me to change my thinking. If we're going to deal effectively with toxic relationships, then it might mean that we need to change our thinking. I think so often we try different external factors in these volatile or toxic relationships, but that doesn't always guarantee long-term success. You know, to, to change the way we see a situation or to change the way we see that specific family member means that we're going to have to change the way we think about that person. In, in other words, we need to see them, you know, the way, the, way, the way God sees them. I've often had to change my mindset concerning certain things so that my relationship can move forward. So it moves out of a place of potentially being volatile into a position where that relationship is now growing and flourishing and doing so much better. And so I want to encourage you uh, in your relationships. I know that relationships are difficult and challenging. I know that we sit with that very real thing in our lives of volatile relationships and specifically today talking about family members there are just ways that we can get through that because ultimately God wants to see those relationships flourish and uh, and grow so I, I really hope that it, that that helped you I really hope that that encouraged you and in my next episode I'm going to be talking about how to handle volatile co-workers that's going to be interesting volatile co-workers so I look forward to you joining me for that next one but until then cheers <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for taking the time to join me today. We really want to touch on issues that are relevant to your context of leading. And so I want to invite you to send me your ideas, topics, and hey, even things that you'd like me to discuss. You can drop me a mail at brent at pfc.org.za. See you next time.